0: Practically every Canadian investor owns the Canadian banks, and of course, you know, why not? Their banks are considered here one of the most uh, solid banking systems in the entire world. They pay good dividend yields, they're reliable, it makes sense. A question we get a lot is, should I own these banks individually? Should I own sh- direct shares of the companies? Or should I use an ETF? And you know what, what are the uh, pros and cons of that? Uh, in the video today, we're gonna look at what things you need to consider to make this choice. Uh, which one is best for you? At the end of the day, it's your money. Uh, we have to look at the pros, the cons, your circumstances, and uh, we're gonna try and help you make that decision today. And this is one of those situations where there truly is no right or wrong answer. It really comes down to your personal choices, to your discretion. And it is based, to be done properly, it's based on a number of different factors. And in the video, I'm just looking forward to going through those various scenarios to help you uh, steer yourself in the right direction. This video today, uh, I'm having a very, very focused objective. I'm not gonna talk about, I'm not gonna say, in my opinion, what the best bank ETF is. In Canada, there are so many different choices. If you wanna go out and uh, buy a representation of Banks in an ETF. There are so many choices. There's so many varieties of them out there. There's ETFs that uh, cover they own the banks and they have maybe covered call strategies that they lay over uh, owning the companies. They have there's some that have leverage. There's uh, financial ETFs which are heavily weighted in the banks, but they also might have other financials like um, the insurance companies, etc. The the purpose of today's video isn't to uh, narrow the, that field down. The purpose really is to compare apples to apples and to take the owning the stocks directly and get the best representation of an ETF that I can. And I'm going to use two ETFs, uh, two Canadian ETFs in my example here today to try and and give the best representation as possible. The first ETF we're going to use is ZEB which is the BMO Equal Weight Banks Index ETF. The strategy of this ETF is to replicate as much as possible the sole active Equal Weight Canada Banks Index. As the name implies it's an equal representation of the the six big banks in Canada. If we look at the top holdings in this fund, while well, there are only six, and as you can see, for the most part, they are equally balanced. There will be some variation because the markets move every day, uh, but when they are rebalanced, they go back into that equal weight uh, distributed amongst the six banks. If we look at the actual sole active index as of January 19, 2022, uh, you will see a very similar weighting, the lowest being roughly 15%, the National Bank of Canada, TD Bank, uh, the highest weighting at 18.13%. The second fund we're gonna look at is the RBC Canadian Bank Yield Index ETF, which is RBNK, that's the ticker. The differentiating factor between this and ZEB is that this tracks the Sole Active Canada Bank Yield Index. This index is comprised of Canada's sixth largest bank determined by market capitalization and then weighted based on their indicative annual dividend yields. So this results in actually a very significant change or variation. If we look at the specific holdings of these funds we're going to see the national bank representing today only 7.43 percent of the overall portfolio where we see Bank of Nova Scotia at the top of 25.44 and that is a function of just the the yield and how this particular fund is is nuanced. I wanted to use these two particular funds to represent the broader sector uh, for the purposes of the analysis today. If you uh, want to learn more about investing in banks I've prepared a video before and I've posted it, which compares investing big banks, the largest Canadian banks to smaller banks. And um, I'll post a link here to the to the video if that's something that interests you too. And it's a deeper dive into the analysis of that comparison. But for the purposes of this video, let's look at what types of things we might wanna consider when we're making this decision, ETFs versus individual securities. And there are a lot of things to consider Uh, it's not quite simple cut and dry Uh, first thing that comes to mind is things like well, what are your objectives as an investor um, what are you trying to accomplish with the portfolio we'll get into some more details in just a moment here but assess things like uh, what is your experience importantly what is your confidence a lot of people you know it's probably easier to buy an etf more challenging to go out and build a portfolio of individual securities but that will really come down to your comfort level in in managing uh those aspects another big thing you need to consider is what is your t- what are your time uh, allowances and if you're a busy person swamped with getting the kids around to different activities uh, working long hours or just you know you have other interests that don't allow you to spend that much time monitoring your portfolio that will also play a role in whether you're going to go with the etf basket type route or buying individual securities if we look specifically at etfs and look at some of the pros there the first one that just jumps out uh, very uh, easily is it's, it's easy. It's easier than buying individual securities. It's really like a sort of, almost like a, a hands-off experience. You make that initial decision. You don't have to give it any thought after that. The, the rebalancing is done automatically by the fund itself in case uh, like the fund with the R bank that we looked at where uh, depending on what the, the uh, yields are, those things are all taken care of behind the scenes. It kind of is a set and forget it strategy if that is something that appeals to you, if that's you know if that's uh, one of your objectives as I said about earlier, if that's something you want to accomplish. Another really key reason that you might want to consider using ETFs versus individual securities, uh, going back to your experience, your comfort level, you can really use an ETF in the banking industry or in any industry for that sector, or for that matter, as a, uh, a stepping stone, where you can gain some experience in the market. If you're just a new investor, you can experience actually you know, having your money invested, learning how the markets work, uh, and taking this sort of broader, more diversified step where you're not doing the actual day-to-day managing, but you are, uh, you know, part of that part of the ride, uh, can be very benefit there as sort of a first step into the markets. Another reason that you see people buying ETFs versus individual securities is depending on the amount of your account. If it's a smaller account, then uh, you can definitely benefit from the, the diversification of an ETF where you get, um, you know, more diversification built in. That is changing with the advent now of, you know, commission-free trading, you can buy just very small pieces of a, uh, of a you know, as you're designing your portfolio, uh, there's things like fractional shares, which have come out. So that benefit of that, um, of the, you know, of using ETS for small amounts has really, it's evolving as we speak, and it's changed quite a bit over the last little while. So, you know, that's probably a, a benefit that is becoming less and less relevant, but I still think today, depending on your personal circumstances, it might be a benefit. The another really key reason that you um, might consider using ETFs, I think I spoke earlier about bells and whistles and we're looking today at two very generic, plain Jane Canadian bank ETFs, but there are uh, strategies that you can overlay on top of these ETFs. And so whether it's a covered call strategy, whether it's maybe a leveraged strategy in a split share corporation, um, whether you wanna have maybe a broader exposure, so including those insurance companies. uh, That is a reason that you might prefer to go with an ETF um, over just a strict uh, portfolio of individual securities. Again, personal choice. Uh, The big con, I think of having an ETF, or one of the biggest cons is the fees. Now, mutual fund or sorry, ETF fees have come down a lot in the last few years. Uh, the fees, particularly on the, the funds I'm looking at here today, on ZEB, the management fee or the management expense ratio is 0.28%. On RBNK, it's 0.32%. And for many people, that's not an issue. Uh, some people are very, very focused on fees, and you could make a strong argument if you're going to own you know that ZEB with you have the six banks equally weighted if you just go out and buy those yourself yes you'll well you might get them commission free today's environment or even if you did pay a commission to one-time deal you let those ride and it's not an an annual recurring fee Uh, so you could make an argument for that hey everybody it's Brandon here I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you Uh, but we're going to talk more specifically about owning individual securities uh, now and that, you know, there's some, there's some upside to that, but there's also some downsides. So uh, just to wrap that up, if you're buying individual securities, the, one of the big pros is that you, you don't have to pay those fees to, um, on an ongoing basis, as small as those fees are in the big scheme of things, uh, that's a benefit there. Now you may agree, or you might disagree with uh, this next advantage if you will to buying individual securities but it's the advantage of managing the portfolio or of picking the stocks or of, of adjusting and rebalancing according to your uh, objectives. there's this you know this alpha debate where if you you know can you actually add value by monitoring things and making trade calls uh, to to add above and beyond what the index itself would be able to bring you the debate will never be solved it, it'll always be there. Uh, you can have, make very strong arguments on both sides. A lot of it depends on your experience, um, how, how much time, as I mentioned earlier, you have to put into your into your stock picking uh, exercise. So, But that is an advantage. If you are in the camp that, that you feel you have the uh, skills to do that, well, then that's something that can give you a little bit of an advantage um, to using individual securities. Another very strong reason is just because you love doing it. It is very, very common because people love investing. And even when I was working as an advisor, I had clients who would come into meetings with, they'd done their own research. They weren't just relying on me to manage portfolios. They just liked learning. They liked learning, they like owning or knowing about the companies that they owned that was very important to them. So they would be more leaning towards buying individual securities than ETFs just because they love it. They enjoy what they're doing there. And again, in many cases, um, client or investors will use that to gain experience, to broaden their depth of managing the portfolio in the first place. So that's another thing that that uh, really might play into swinging swinging the uh, the pendulum in the favor of owning individual securities. A more minor benefit, I think, is uh, you do get voting rights with an ETF. You don't have voting rights. Uh, you lose those if you are you know more involved in the. And the the exercise of voting for your the companies that you own. Well, if you own the individual securities, um, you have that right to do that. I found over the years, unless you're a unless you're a major investor or very very passionate about the companies that you're buying, uh, probably most people don't exercise those options. But it, it is there if you have it. A really really important advantage, in my opinion, to owning individual banks versus the ETFs is just the fact that you can be more strategic with managing your portfolio. And uh, an example I'm gonna give uh, here is that you can target risk that you wouldn't be able to have um, if you own the ETFs in general. And when you look at the banking sector, there are a lot of risks that that come with owning banks. And if we look at this table here, we're gonna see a recent survey that shows you know the top risks, but three that jump out at me are the geopolitical risk, the credit risk, and the housing market risk. And if you have the inclination to take your, your uh, research, your due diligence to that next level, uh, having individual securities will essentially allow you to, I would say, map your holdings to very specific risks. And we can think of you know, housing risks. Uh, there's comp- there's uh, certain uh, banks that are more, uh, they're, they're bigger in lending, for example, to the energy sector. If, you, if your analysis has shown you that, that you know, maybe you have some concerns about the energy sector and the viability of certain companies, well, you may want to shift away from a bank that is more exposed in that section there. You, uh, every annual report, every um, quarterly report that the banks put out, you'll be looking at their loan exposure. And that's another factor that you might want to you know, put into play. Uh, A big one also might be just geopolitical risk, as we looked at in the previous uh, table there. Some banks have more exposure to, for example, Latin America um, or Asian markets or the US market, whatever market it is that you either like or don't like, um, that you can uh, tailor the portfolio more specifically so that balance can be more in line with what your views are there. Also, it would allow you, if you have, for some reason, you want to exclude certain banks. Um, you may just hate a certain bank, or you may be worried about a certain bank and just don't wanna have them in the portfolio. Well, with individual securities, you can choose to own four of the banks or three of the banks or five and just leave the the sixth one out. It's entirely up to you, but you do have the flexibility. Clearly, if you're you're in a, a ZEB equal weighted portfolio, you don't have the flexibility to be able to do that. So there are benefits to doing it that way, but that comes with, I guess, risks or more work. Uh, you need to do the monitoring, you need to do the rebalancing yourself. It's um, you know something that with the exchange traded fund, they do that for you. Uh, so there's sort of the pros and that there, and there's cons along with that. So that's kind of up to you to decide what suits you best. Now, importantly, because we all invest to grow wealth, uh, the performance, uh, how do these stack up against each other? Which have performed better? So let's take a look at that now. And on the first chart that I'm gonna put up on the screen here, we're gonna look at a five year return. and you'll notice that there's quite a range of the individual securities. So in this particular time period, the total return for Bank of Nova Scotia is at the bottom end around 22%, all the way up to 82, almost 83% for National Bank. Importantly for what we're doing here, we'll note that ZEB falls somewhere in the middle at 54%, and we'll notice that RBNK falls closer to the bottom at about 41%. There's about a 60-point gap from the worst-performing up to the top performing. So those, the ETFs, this is what I pointed out earlier, they only own the banks, but they own them in different proportions and those proportions change as time goes by for RBNK, just because if the yields change, that's the index that it's based upon. So we can see how in this case, and more specifically, that that uh, the adjustments that they made worked out to their disadvantage in this particular time frame. If we shorten the time frame to the last three years, we'll see similar numbers where we'll still see Bank of Nova Scotia trailing with a 34% return, National Bank up at 77%, but that gap has narrowed to 44 uh, points roughly. And then we will see ZEB and RBNK, interesting here, right in the middle of the pack. And it doesn't shock me because in both cases, you're getting a representation. You might say an average, it's not mathematically exactly an average, uh, but you're, you're going to expect in a shorter term, Uh, as the six banks themselves have that divergence in returns, you would expect to see the ETFs sort of somewhat of an average of that and be more to the middle, especially on those shorter term basis. What I like to always look at when I'm comparing companies like this or investments like this is look at the volatility on an annual basis or whatever the time period is. In this case, I'm gonna show you a chart that looks at annual basis. And there's really, I would say there's no difference here. If you look at you know, the, if it's a positive year, a positive time period, in this case it is annual, you're gonna see all of these investments, whether they're individual securities or ETFs going up. If it's a negative for the most part, you're gonna see everything go down. So when you're making your decision I don't think you really need to factor in too much the the volatility on a shorter time period basis. I think that's pretty much gonna be a wash in most cases, just to a different degree of uh, variability there. Um, dividends. This is something that I find very interesting and uh, I wanna maybe ask for your, uh, for your help on this one. When we look at the dividend yields, uh, the banks are known for relatively strong dividends and uh, current yields right now on the individual securities we're gonna see starting with a high of 4.33 with uh, BNS at the top of that and down to uh, Royal Bank paying a dividend yield currently of about 3.23%. The yields on the ETFs are lower. Even though they are representative of the banks, ZDB is currently paying a yield of 2.9 and RBNK with a yield of 2.87%. I find this interesting. You would think in theory at least that the yield would be, uh, of the ETFs would be a sort of an average of the holdings. And in all cases right now, the banks themselves are paying a higher yield than the, the ETFs. And um, I don't know why that is. If any of you know why that is, uh, I, I don't think there's any fees that are associated specifically uh, with the payment of the dividends, that type of thing. So maybe um, maybe that could be an explanation. But if you know that, then that would be, uh, I would really appreciate you educating me, sharing that with the community as well. On that note, what do you prefer? If you are an investor today that invests in the banks, uh, do you use ETFs? Do you use individual securities? Possibly. You may use a combination of the of the two please share that with the with the community here and maybe your logic behind it and which what is your preference and uh, we will all grow as a community um, that's going to wrap up this video as always I will make a mention that the first link below this video is for our investing academy and I would invite you to uh, have a look there explore what we have to offer from our training programs and I will just say a big thank you for watching the video and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.